daydreaming about dragons. My man Rob tweeted about wanting game mechanics that mimic or bring about kind of a fog of war. And he quoted uh, a Vietnam vet who apparently said that battle plans never go according to plan. And the only one he ever knew that did only went went to plan like for 20 seconds and then it all fell apart. Okay. So... I agree with Rob, and you can. I'll have a link to the tweet, Twitter thread, so you can take a look at it. Uh, I agree with him wholeheartedly. I would love to see game mechanics that mimic kind of fog of war and and the chaos of of a real fight. I think that's fun. I think there are games that do it in some ways, but that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is how that can also be a technique, right? That can also be the way that the GM frames failure or the way that the table frames failure if it's not just left up to the GM. So let's go with something really basic. The fighter steps up to the dragon and tries to hit it with his sword. Right? His sword. Look at, look at me. Look at me. The fighter steps up to the dragon and tries to hit it with her sword. Okay? Misses. Rolls a two. Just not going to hit a dragon on that. How do you frame that, right? If if you frame it as, yeah, you step on your tabard and actually, like, trip over yourself and, you know, look like a doofus, it's going to suck. Like, that, that sucks. It's a shitty feeling. And hitting something with a sword is very difficult when it does not want to be hit and you're in battle with it. And hitting something and harming it when it's, a megafauna magical furnace is even more difficult. So you can say, like, yeah, you hit it full on. It's just not enough to get through that, those scales. Not enough. You know? Or, or you know, the, the dragon backs up and you just don't have a, don't have a good swing. It, you don't have to frame it to make... In failed roles, you don't have to frame it as that character being inept. You can frame it as, you're not inept, you're in a terrible situation. And the way that the NPCs react to things can also, be, can also show that, right? I've, I've run Burning Wheel games with my buddy Aaron, and we ran one game where he was in charge of an army. And when he lost battles, I didn't have people flip out. Because people lose battles, it just happens. That's how battles go sometimes. You know, one of the most famous knights ever got, got, I think his name is William Marshall, got captured in like three different battles and had to get ransomed. He was famous. He was regarded as the best knight of his generation. Captured three times. If... So I, what my, my recommendation is have the NPCs know that this is a difficult endeavor. If an NPC is being a jerk, right, if there's a political situation afoot, make that clear. Yeah, the king is being unreasonable. The king says you should not have lost that battle. All the other generals are looking at their feet because they know the king is wrong and none of them has the moxie to step up and say something. But he is dressing you down in front of everyone. 
you can have the reality of the world reflect that the character is not doing anything wrong because of failed roles or just failed ideas, you know? Because if you, if you beat on your players for trying new things and, and not guessing your mindset correctly and what strategy would work, because your mindset and strategy are the only ones that would work, then what will happen is they will stop trying new things. They will, they will, and I've seen it. I've seen players who have come from that environment and, and they're so terrified of getting slammed by the GM that even when the GM, me, comes forward and says, I am not going to punch you in the face when you do this, metaphorically, mechanically, try something, they have trouble doing it because they have been smacked in the nose with a newspaper so many times. So am I looking for games that, that show the fog of war? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there are ways it's, it's easier to do when you've got game systems with a seven to not with no, seven to nine with a, a success with a cost, right? Because then things get murky fast. I'm trying to take that hill, right? I roll a 79. All right. You took the hill, but your archers got left behind. And now they're cut off from you. What do you do? Right? Things snowball on a seven to nine. You got what you wanted, but not, but there's a problem. Right? You and your cavalry get up the hill. You take it. It's firm. But we have another situation brewing. So I think. One of the cool ways to bring about a complicated battle situation is to have a game where there is the possibility of not a black and white success or failure. Because then you can have that success with a cost. You can have that something happens, you're, you're going for something, and it, it goes, but not quite the way you want it to. Right? And, and that is part of it. That's part of it. Uh, and and I think there are other cool ways to do it. And I'd love to hear about, love to hear about how how it works for you. But for me, especially when I'm doing like Band of Blades, right, uh, an awesome war game, when things don't go well, I don't make it that the players are just terrible. I make it that war is terrible. The real villain here is war, right? masses of people trying to kill each other is terrible and fell. And that's what I want people to come away from those fight game, you know, fighty games as you know, fighting a dragon's a terrible idea. But makes for a fun game, so let's go for it. But I'm not going to slam your 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 fighter, your lady knight because she's having trouble killing the dragon. You know, that's not what I'm going to that's that that's not the problem here. So, uh, you know, and I think that links back to what we were talking about with The Mandalorian. Look at those first couple episodes of The Mandalorian. There's a lot of failure. A lot of failure. And, and you know, he, he, he tries to assault the Ewoks and he fails. He has to find another way around. And I like that. Because then we learn something new about the character. Which is super cool. All right. Let's get to Inspiration Goat, to Inspiration Goat's chewing on this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Good one. Very good one. Thank you, Inspiration Goat. So let's talk about a podcast called Ologies with Ali Ward. Uh, it's an amazing podcast in which Ali Ward interviews scientists about their field and asks them lots of layman's questions, really gets them to dig into their passion for the science, why they love it, what led them to love it, and cool little items about that science. And the best part is in the show notes are references in case you want to do more research. Why do I like this? Let me tell you why. Uh, it, it occurred to me uh, the other night. I was running a game, and uh, I was running the Blades in the Dark game. And they went and talked to an assassin about uh, this, this, these plans they found. They, were, pl they found plans on this murdered body, on this corpse that apparently had been murdered and thrown in the canal. And it was, uh, it was plans to kill the undying emperor. So they have an assassin friend, you know, as you do when you live in Deskwall. And they went to her and they were like, how are these plans? And they talked about the undying emperor. Okay. Rewind. Years ago, I was sitting with my friend, Professor Ora Zekeli, who always says interesting things. She's a professor of political science, and she, her concentration is, is mostly in the Middle East, but she's done other things recently, too. Really cool. She has a cool book on, on, on women combatants. I will have links to all that in the show notes. I also have links to Ologies. Ologies has a Patreon, and I'll have uh, their link in iTunes. Okay, and their Twitter account. This is all going to be in the show notes. Good stuff. All right. So why am I talking about my professor friend and ologies in regards to the Blaze in the Dark game? Because as I was having the assassin talk about problems that a tyrant like the Undying Emperor might have in, in holding on to his reign, is a conversation I had with Aura years ago in a bar where she said all this cool stuff about an article she read about holding on to your, uh, to your di dictatorship in the Middle East, and it's an article. I will have links to that article for, in JSTOR. And it's called, it's called Coup Proofing. It's super cool. And I used it, and it made that scene feel way more real. And I, I then shared it, right? I, I, I didn't share it during the game, but I, I, put a note to, I put a note in the YouTube video, and I, I brought it up to my players. I was like, hey, here's the article, uh, just so you know where I get this stuff. Um, you know, a lot of that was, was legit dictator stuff. When you're making up fantasy worlds and when you're thinking about fantasy worlds, it helps to get an influx of real-world stuff. And ologies, I think, can be a perfect one for that. You know, if you want to, you know, you want to run a game about, I mean, there, there are a couple in the past couple of weeks that are just perfect. Lupinology, what, you're running a game about werewolves or, or dire wolves. Let's listen to lupinology, right? Running a game about vampires, you want it to be very bat-like. Chirepterology. Demonology. Uh, they, they, she went. She went out about mushrooms. Yeah, there, a couple of episodes ago, 
I can't remember the name of that. Myconology? Mycology? Anyway, it's tons of good stuff. Find one that you like. Listen to it. And if you dig what she's doing, check out her Patreon. Super cool. Uh, I think getting an influx of real world, of nonfiction stuff to flesh out your fiction is a huge boon. And it can't hurt. It just can't hurt to listen to a scientist talk about their awesome field for an hour when you're daydreaming, you know? Because that's really what this all is about. It's about focusing that daydreaming so that when you're making up fantasy stuff, it rocks out even harder. You, have, you, you get this Velcro, right? My, my, one of my professors used to call it educational Velcro. When something is relevant to you, you, it sticks to you. The information sticks better because it's interesting to you. I am not a dictator. I do not need to coup-proof anything. And I don't, and I've, I have been a library manager, but that wasn't the way, I didn't, I didn't lead like a dictator, right? I led in a very collaborative style, as you can well imagine. So I wasn't coup-proofing anything, but that coup-proofing stuff just stuck. I was like, oh, this is going to be useful. This is going to be useful. And it was. So check it out. It was really good stuff. Um, the whole podcast is wonderful. And if you're into science, it's fantastic. So check out Ologies. It's really splendid. The podcast is run by Allie Ward. Uh, I'll, have a, I'll have a link to her Patreon, a link to her iTunes. Uh, and Twitter, and I'll link to my friend's article. Uh, Aura didn't write that article. She just recommended it. But I'll have a link to, to, to Professor Zekely's Twitter, too, if you want to holler at her about awesome, how awesome she is. Uh, maybe. Maybe I won't. I think I won't. I'll, I'll, I'm going to look at her Twitter account first before I do that. Uh, so anyway, that's it for today. Let's get to the outro. Thank you for listening. If you would like to support this show, you can hit the support this show button and deliver money straight to me. I appreciate that. You can also pick up my book, The Dictionary of Moo, which is a swords and sorcery setting for uh, the sorcerer role-playing game. It's pretty cool. It is written as if it's an in-game artifact from a science fantasy Mars that sounds like your cup of tea, let me know. I'll throw one in an envelope and personally send it to you. So let me know. And the other way to always support this show is to tweet at me or email at me or send an MP3 through email or send an MP3 through the mail. Is that a thing? No, I don't have my address on here. Send an MP3 through the Anchor app. Tons of different ways to get a hold of me. I'd love to hear from you. And when I get enough good material, I always put it out in a midweek reply show, which is numbered differently and set up entirely differently from the regular show. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, if something I said struck a chord, if your experience at the table has been different from mine, you'd like to offer your technique, I'd love to hear it. Does this get you so, rang, you know, geared up that you have to make your own podcast, send me a link. I'd love to listen. Blog post, a tweet, a book, whatever it is. 
hit me with it. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to continue the conversation. And I'll see you next week. If the snow ever abates, it's coming down out here. Have a good one. Be safe. I'll see you in seven days.